Welcome to the Tales from the Trail podcast by Matchplay. In this episode, I welcome Webb Kosich, a sophomore men's soccer student athlete at the College of William & Mary. Webb has a unique story of overcoming a major setback and persevering to return to playing soccer. I've spoken to several of his teammates, and they're in awe and inspired by Webb's journey back to campus and the team. This is an emotional podcast that includes his recruiting story, committing to play soccer in college, his first season, dealing with some big life-threatening hurdles, and fighting his way back. As always, please share and subscribe to the podcast. Contact me through matchplayrecruit.com with any questions and comments. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. She she's always moves his lips when uh, when the numbers are going on. He's like... <laughs> Jesus, so, um, so yeah, uh, pretty excited about this one. I think it's going to be pretty good. Um, so yeah, I have uh, Webb Kosich with me today. He is a rising sophomore at the College of William Mary, plays men's soccer there. Um, we're going to get into his story, which is a little different than um, your average run-of-the-mill uh, college soccer player story. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it's a little different. So I'm sure that we're going to get into some things that, you know, kind of change your outlook a little bit, maybe. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, again, Webb Kosich, uh, you're from where? Give us your so, uh, bio. Yeah, so I'm from Hollywood, Maryland, um, which is down south, southern Maryland, hour south of D.C., very small area. <laughs> That's um, a lot country. different than Hollywood. Los Angeles, right? It is. It's, yeah. yeah it's about the opposite. Um, <laughs> there's actually there's actually three of us on the team that are neighbors with each other, which is crazy um, from a small little area. So, um, yeah, that's I've lived there pretty much all my life. So, yep. Cool. Um, so, like, grow up there, brothers, sisters? Yeah, so growing up, uh, my dad was active duty. Uh, military so um originally i was born in virginia beach virginia um we moved around a bit when i was younger um Mm -hmm. my my brother and sister my i have a younger sister and a younger brother and they were both born in little rock arkansas and then from there we moved to maryland and went kindergarten all the way up graduated high school and then now i'm here still you know originally living in maryland so Nice. Um, I think I noticed in your bio that your dad's a hokey, so he's a good person. Yeah, he is. He yeah. is. So mom and dad. <laughs> oh, so yeah, Augie's mom and dad are too. So okay. Nice. Yeah. Um. Well, cool. So when did you start playing soccer? Yeah. Um. As long as I can remember, I think you know I was one of those guys when I was a, when I was a little kid. My parents signed me up for every sport. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think. My parents always said I played soccer since I was three. So, um, you know, as young as I can remember, you know, I've always been playing soccer and yeah, always had, you know, an athletic upbringing, I guess, you know, so. When did you uh, start getting serious about it? Um, I would say, you know, I was always, I, I, I played travel, you know, obviously when I was younger um, and I was always pretty serious about it. It was like my main sport. Uh, I kind of dropped every other sport. Um, I got really serious probably in um, probably in middle school, I would say, is when I got really serious with soccer and 
mm. you know, had aspirations and goals to do stuff with it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, you know, younger age is when I would say. Yeah. And so did you kind of have that, you, you had to drive in towards DC, more urban Maryland to find a, a club to, you know, kind of raise your game a little bit? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. So, um, you know, I always played on like my local travel club team. Um, and then I ended up, I played, I ended up doing a year. I played for the DC United DA Academy. Um, I think when I was in seventh grade. So yeah, um, that was like, that was like a huge step up for me. Um, and it was kind of a, kind of a shock to me, you know, going from just like a small town, you know, travel team to, you know, professional, like, you know, uh, more serious, you know, soccer. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think the word is probably right. Like it was more of a professional environment. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely was. Yeah. Um, and from there, you know, I did, I, I just wasn't really like a fit for me. Um, so I only did one year. I ended up leaving. Um, and then I ended up at Maryland United in Annapolis, um, which was still about an hour and a half drive. But um, I, did, I was there for four years, all of high school. And, you know, that's where I was. And I loved it there. So, yeah. So you didn't have to choose between playing club and high school soccer. Were you able to play high school soccer? I was, yeah, yeah. which was, which, yeah, that was a big thing for me, for sure. Um, <clears throat> I definitely wanted to play in high school. And, you know, actually, that's the reason that I went to high school. The high school that I did, I went to a private high school because I got, you know, looks from a coach there and he wanted me to bring me in. So, cool. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to have that experience. We've talked about that a little bit on here, like, the experience of playing in front of a crowd and people who aren't just your mom, dad, brother, and sister, you know, whoever aunts and uncles are, you know, playing in front of girls that, um, you know, trying that you're trying to impress and mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing. So um, definitely a different environment that, you know, kind of, I mean, how did that prepare you for, you know, playing in front of a crowd in college? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously it's different in college. It's a bigger scale. Um, but, you know, using high school as kind of a step stool and, you know, a place where you can get better and have built confidence and, you know, score a lot of goals, win a lot of games and just have fun. Really, it's, you yeah. know, what I used high school for. Um, and, you know, my coach was a, my coach there. Uh, he played Division One at Providence. So he, um you know, he had a big, uh, big influence on my you know recruiting process going through high school as well. So yeah, so that's awesome. Like you had someone who could actually who'd actually been through it. Um, I mean, not everybody gets that that uh, mentorship kind of deal. Um, mm-hmm. So you're really lucky. Um, talk about kind of that relationship and and like so. All right. So when did you decide I'm going to be a college soccer player? When did that thought enter your head? Um, I think, you know, from an early age, you know, that was always the ultimate goal. Um, that was, you know, that's kind of a cliche answer to just say, I want to play in college because everybody does, you know? Um, but I would say, you know, in middle school, going into high school is when I, you know, kind of seriously was like, okay, you know, I want to play in college and I gotta, you know, do the steps to get there. So, so like, when so you were lucky because you had someone who would be honest with you and about you know what level you you know your coach thought that you could you know pan out to play in yes did you like decide you know know that you weren't going to go play at you know 
UNC or something like, I don't know. I mean, a power five type school. Um, like when did you, when did it start to come into focus for you? Like, these are the schools I need to target and, and you know, what, this is the level that I'm probably going to, you know, my trajectory is going to take me up. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say, um, you know, freshman, sophomore years when that really started going through my mind mm-hmm. um, of high school, I think, um, you know, obviously you want to you have as big as goals as you can, um, but you do have to be honest with yourself and say, okay, maybe, maybe a power five school isn't for me. Maybe, you know, right. something a little bit smaller, whether it's D3, D1, D2, um, doesn't matter. You know, you just got to got to be realistic with yourself and you know take advice from the people around you which obviously having a high school coach that played at a high level helped so Mm -hmm. yeah um so obviously you know you go through a couple years of high school and then you start getting some looks right so like when did that all how did it happen where did it happen when was your first you know letter or email or i guess nobody writes letters anymore my bad um uh, so you know when did you start really communicating with college coaches and and you know where did you like fall into your sweet spot uh, you know i would say you know obviously mine was a little my recruiting process was a little um different because of covid um so you know my everything kind of got delayed a bit um and obviously, there's that rule where D1 coaches can't contact you um, until, you know, a certain time, a certain point in time. Um, but, you know, I always had aspirations to play D1. So, you know, I was patient with it. And um, I would say, you know, sophomore, junior years when I started really, you know, talking to coaches and deciding where I wanted to go. Um, and, you know, started reaching out to coaches that and schools that I was interested in. And, um, yeah, I just think think uh yeah i would say i would say sophomore year going into junior year is when that primarily started right. for me so like think back to that point and like what were the feelings that you had in that time frame where you know you're you're really exploring what your future is going to be you know you've got kids around you that are talking to college coaches you know maybe some of them are committing at that point um who knows i mean so like where was your head and, you know, what, what were the emotions around that whole process? Uh, you kind of cut out a little bit there. Can you say that again? Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, what were the emotions around that process? When did you like, you know, were you feeling pressure? Were you feeling um, disappointment? Were you feeling like it's just going to work out? Like you were patient with it or, or were you getting antsy about it? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I would say, you know, the whole array there, I would say, you know, and I think that's, that's going through the ups and downs of the recruiting process is normal. Um, and I, I definitely did. Um, and you said the emotions, yeah? Like how, yeah, how yeah. I felt about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, obviously, you know, having, having friends, having teammates that were committing before me yeah. puts, puts a little bit of pressure on you. Definitely. Um, and, have, you know, my parents were really supportive throughout it. But, you know, obviously they're like, oh, like, reach out to this coach, reach out to this coach. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of pressure to, uh, you know, make that commitment. Right. But I think 
it's important just to keep patience and really decide what you want. Um, Cause at the end of the day, that's what matters most is what you want. It's your, your life, your four years of college where you're going to play soccer. So I think just don't lose sight of the fact that it's your, it's, you know, your, your journey, your, um, you know, your life. So I think it's okay to feel the pressure and be antsy about it and, you know, want to make a commitment, even if it's a school that you're not a hundred percent, you know, in on. Um, but I think just, just be patient with it and everything will work out in the end. It always does. So, right. Yeah. Um, so like when you started doing visits and, you know, having real in-depth conversations with coaches, like what stands out to you, um, as things that like drew you to a place and then things that maybe turned you off from places. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a number of things I would say (laughs) primarily, um, you know, feeling valued by that coach, um, Mm -hmm. feeling as if he wants you there. If there's a lot of communication between each other, um, like one big thing for me is if, you know, like if a coach, I remember I had a, a certain call with the coach one time. Uh, this was earlier in the process, probably my late sophomore year, early junior year. And uh, the coach told me to call him at this time. And uh, he didn't answer And when I called him. And I just showed, you know, I don't want to say laziness, but like a lack of commitment to me. And um, that really, that's a turnoff for me, you know. So I think... Um, just if the coach is invested in you, um, I think that's a big thing. And just feeling valued by that coach, feeling like he wants you at his school. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just think, I think that was a big part of my commitment as well. So feeling valued. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about like, uh, did you do your official visit at William Mary? Did you stay with Augie? I did not. So when I did it, it was still like COVID rules. So um, I had to stay at like a hotel or something. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah. So like, what was your experience in doing visits? Um, I, I know that you, you know, you're being recruited by frequent guests of this show, uh, Chi, Justin Chesum and Chris Norris. So like mm-hmm. talk about the difference between a D3 visit and a D1 visit and, you know, you know, what were the, the pluses and minuses for you on those visits? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say for me, they were between, there wasn't much of a huge difference between D3 and D1 visits. Um, but I think the main thing when you go on those visits to those certain schools is, um, just feeling like the guys on the team are obviously a big part of it. Um, whether you feel like a part of the team while you're there, or just like kind of an outsider, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously the facilities at like a D1 school might be nicer, just because of, you know, budget, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I just think um, for me, you know, obviously I've, I did a couple of visits with like COVID rules and stuff. I didn't do too, too many visits, um, but I just think so like there were there were restrictions on what I could do, like staying overnight. I couldn't do I didn't do very many overnight visits just because of COVID and those rules. But um you know, what I got from those visits and those experiences was um, just like how I, you know, how what, do I fit into this team? Do I like the guys on the team? Do I like the campus? Um, you know, 
do I like the vocation, where I'm going to school, or where I could potentially be going to school. So I think those are all important things to to take into, you know, to have in the back of your head while you're on these visits. So. Right. Right. Um, so obviously you you go through this process and you um, you get an offer. You get more than one offer, probably. I'm guessing. Um, <laughs> And so, like, what was the sequence, and did you have to wait on your where you finally ended up, or was that one of the first ones? And you know, how, how, like, walk through that process of of making your decision. Yeah. So you know, I got a couple of uh, D three and other D one offers like early on in my process, um, and you know, when I visited at William May, I knew this is where I wanted to go. Um, so this was always after my visit, top of my list. So you know, I was. I was patient and, uh, you know, I waited, you know, Coach Norris came and saw me play a lot of times before he finally, you know, offered me and he watched a lot of film. I know he did. So, um, but yeah, I just think having patience and, um, you know, just if if it's your top school, just be patient, you know, it'll come, I think. Um, so don't, don't don't just jump out of offer just cause you have it, you know? Right. So, yeah. Um, like what made you decide that William and Mary was your place? Like, you know, you felt like you bonded gut will with the guys and, and all that, but like really dive into, you know, what made you feel so at home at William and Mary? Sure. Yeah. I think one thing that sticks out in my mind to me is, you know, I have, I have family from, from down here that live in Virginia beach, live in Richmond nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big thing having family nearby. Um, I think on my visit specifically, you know, the facilities I really liked, um, obviously the guys I fit in well with better mm-hmm. than any other school, I would say, um, coach Norris and coach B were big parts of my visit, you know, came and checked up on me. were constantly, you know, texting me, asking me how I'm doing, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, and I actually, I went to a class or two and I thought those were interesting. So I think just everything just kind of was perfect for me. And I think, um, you know, going into the visit, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't expecting William & Mary to be my number one. You know, I just think, uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard to describe, you know, it just kind of, every, everything just fell into place perfectly and um, just everything about it, I liked, you know, it fit, fit what I wanted, fit what I needed, so. Yeah. Um, and so, like, you, you gave, like, a thorough evaluation of, like, it had the majors that you wanted or the major that you wanted or yeah, did you yeah. know that at that point? Yeah. Yeah. I and I was, yeah, something I forgot to mention. Um, yeah. So I'm on the business track and, you know, a bunch of the guys on the team were are on the business track. Obviously Augie is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just hearing, you know, their experiences and their words of encouragement about it. Um, I think that, you know, drew me to William and Mary even more. So. Cool. All right. So you make a decision. How great was that feeling when you when you got the offer and you were like, "Yes, I'm, that's where I'm going." Yeah, it was amazing. Um, I remember Norris offered me on a Zoom call um, like late at night, one night, and I committed the next morning at like eight a.m. Um, it was <laughs> yeah. just, uh, yeah, I knew it's it's new. I knew it's where I wanted to go, and I think uh, at that point I was it was fall of my senior year. Um, and I was just like, yeah, this is, this is it. This is where I want to go. So I, I jumped at it. Cool. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a pretty awesome feeling, huh? I, yeah. I 
I remember yeah. Augie's meeting. We, you know, since we were in town, we uh, we went and met with Norris and like he walks. We walk out of William um, Kaplan, um, and it's like, what are you waiting for? Like, why <laughs> why aren't you saying yes? And he's like, yeah. right, you know. So he like called him back from the parking lot. Um, like five minutes later. So, um, nice. yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Pretty good moment in life for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you commit and then you got like, you know, eight, nine months before you report on that first day. Like, how did you, uh, what'd you do to prepare yourself, um, for, you know, being a division one soccer player? I mean, what, what did you focus on? What did you think was important to do at that point? Uh, obviously, you have a your coach, your high school coach, who can guide you a little bit in that. So, sure, yeah, your process. Yeah, I think, I think um, just like not letting off the gas, you know, just because you committed, um, it's important to stay focused and um, not slack off for a whole year before you go to Division One and play Division One soccer. I think, um, you know, for me, I uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I just kept doing what I was doing. I trained, trained hard, you know, got through high school season, had a good club season. Um, mm -hmm. And just, yeah, prepared as best I could during the summer coming into William Mary in the fall to, to play. And uh, yeah, I just think it's important to, to, you know, just stay focused and don't lose sight of your end goal. So. Yeah. So like, did you do extra things? Like, what do you think differentiated you other than like, you know, ability, like mm -hmm. you, you obviously have athletic ability, you know, you're at a level for a reason. So mm -hmm. like, what do you think differentiated you from like, uh, outside of your talent standpoint? Like, did you do extra stuff? Did you, you know, were you an after practice kind of guy? Were you, uh, I'm going to do stuff when I don't have team training, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, that was a big part of, you know, my process was doing extra work, doing work outside practice. Um, I think that comes from, you know, my military dad upbringing of just working hard constantly, doing more work than other people. And uh, yeah, yeah, you bring up a good point. It's just doing extra work that other people aren't doing is what's going to make you better than other people. And I think um, right. I think that's that's a big part of you know, getting to getting to the level that you want to be at is just putting in extra work, whether it's a lift, whether it's, you know, going to the field when you're tired, you know, doing an extra sprint when everybody else is done, you know, just mm -hmm. little little things like that add up. Um, yeah. And I think especially going into your senior year when you've committed and uh, you're ready to play D1, you just got to, you know, keep it going. So. Right. And could you see a difference like in you and then like your teammates who weren't going division one was there a difference in work ethic there was yeah there, there definitely was i think um maybe some of the guys who were you know um like on my club team that were maybe going d3 or you know weren't committed yet or mm -hmm. whatever it may be playing at a lower level than division one I, I think maybe they they i don't want to say slacked off a little bit but uh you know i would definitely say that um myself and other guys that were you know playing committed to play d1 were definitely you know, working harder and um, yeah. putting in more work, I would say, definitely. Yeah. yeah, And and I want to like, just as an aside, say that like, that's a reflection of your passion for the for the game and to get mm -hmm. better. And not everybody has to have that. Like, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, 
you're not wrong if you don't want to like work extra. It just means that you can't have the same expectations, right? Definitely, so, definitely. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to like paint the wrong picture that if yeah. you're, you're a loser if you're not, you know, working extra. Yeah. Um, so, um, you get to college, man, and it's probably a huge change for you. Um, yeah. You know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I mean, it's the game is a little different, and like your your responsibilities are a little different. Um, so, talk about like walking into training camp for the first time and, you know, everything that happened that you can remember to kind of just share your experience with, with kids, you know, out there who were sophomores, juniors, seniors in high school right now. Sure. Yeah. I think, uh, going into preseason, I think, you know, um, there's definitely a lot of pressure to perform, um, you know, going into a new team, having new coaches. Um, it's definitely like a culture shock, I would say. Um, and it's easy. It's easy to, you know, like make mistakes and, you know, have low confidence, uh, when those things are, those things are happening. But, uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, just showing up, having practice two times a day during preseason is another, another tough thing. It's something that we're going through right now. Um, I think, you know, guys are injured, guys are sore all the time. It's a lot of hard work. It's a big yep. commitment for sure. You know, a lot of meetings and a lot of, you know, watching film and you know, all this stuff. I think it's, um, it becomes, it becomes a huge part of your life, soccer. Um, and maybe it wasn't in high school, right? Maybe, uh, maybe you weren't, you were spending, you know, just two to three hours a day training um, and not much outside of that focusing on soccer. Maybe you had other focuses, you know, hanging out with friends, doing other stuff. Um, but when you get to preseason for, you know, at least here at William and Mary, it's uh, it becomes it becomes a big part of your day for sure, and it's what you focus on throughout the day, every day. Um, so I think it's uh, it's definitely a huge shock, and you know now that I'm a sophomore and this is my second time going through it, I think it's it, it gets better. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, you just gotta lock in and be be ready to go at all times. So yeah, so go back for a sec. Um, you talked about like getting you know having your confidence lowered. Um, so like you, you show up and, you know, you're not, you're used to being one of the better players, you know, in a training session or on the field and, you know, you're a good player, Webb, I've watched you, you're, you're good, but you know, there's also really good players on your team there. So Mm -hmm. like, what's it like to, to make that adjustment and what's it like to have your confidence knocked down a little bit and, you know, what, what are you working on? in between your years to, you know, experience personal growth there where you're, you know, you're having to pick yourself back up. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I think, you know, as you mentioned, being, you know, a big fish in a small pond going to, you know, being a big fish with other big fish, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's tough having other players that are equally as good as you, if not better, it's mm-hmm. definitely tough and it, it can lower your confidence. And, uh, you're definitely, you know, having other players that are just as good as you means you're going to make mistakes in practice. And, uh, um, yeah, it just, uh, you know, if it compounds and lowers your confidence and, um, as you talked about, you just got, you got to channel it into something that helps you grow. Um, mm-hmm. it helps you, you know, use, use the mistakes to, to become better. Um, and, you know, adjust to the playing style, adjust to, adjust to your new teammates and how they play. Um, and maybe, Maybe that'll help you improve your game as well. I think it, uh, 
yeah, and, and you know, for me, um, coming into college, you know, having players that were, like, I was, you know, I was primarily a guy that subbed in last year and not a starter. Going from starting every game, every high school game, every club game, to you know, coming, coming into William and Mary and being a guy who subbed in and didn't get as many minutes as maybe I'd like to. It was tough, and it does lower confidence. But with that being said, you have to use that to become better, and um, you know, just have that goal, have that belief, have that goal in the back of your head that I will be a starter, I will score a goal in this game, I will, you know, whatever it is. Just um, yeah, as you said, the growth, it, the growth is a big part of it. You can't let the mistakes compound. You can't let the confidence get lower and lower. You have to use it and channel it to become a better player and, you know, mentally stronger as well. So, yeah. Um, and I mean, you felt like you felt supported by your teammates and, you know, you had resources. Like if, like if you did get too low, you, you felt like you could, you had resources to help you out. Right. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, teammates, you know, guys are like family. You can talk to them about anything. Um, you know, I think that's important too. I think sometimes, you know, I've I've done this as well. I think sometimes guys, um, you know, if they're going through something, if they have, if they want to talk about something, they keep it internal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that's good. I think you have to, you know, express yourself, express how you're feeling, whether it's to your coaches, to your teammates, to your mm-hmm. parents, even your family. I think it's I think it's important just to get stuff off your chest and you know get feedback on it, and maybe that'll maybe that'll help the help solve the problem. So. Right. Right. Yeah. That's good. Uh, it's good perspective there. Um, so you go through the season, like describe like the, the challenges of, uh, you know, two matches a week and, you know, you're, you're playing, you're not playing, you're, you've got disappointment, you've got like the feeling of success and progress and mm-hmm. like, just talk about that roller coaster, like uh, emotionally, mentally, but physically as well. I mean, you're yeah. still training yeah. every day too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a lot. It it uh, it's a lot on all three, as you said, mentally, physically, emotionally. It's uh, it's tough. I think uh, you know, early on in the season, you know, I was, you know, I scored, I scored a goal against Coastal Carolina in the first game, and then I scored a goal against Longwood in the second or third game. So I started off hot, um, and I started a couple games after that, and then I was, you know, didn't perform as well as I'd like to, and then I was back to the bench. So you know, I went through, I went through all phases of you know, being being a guy that didn't play, being a guy that subbed on, and then being a starter. So I think it uh, it's it's tough. You know, I would say the physical side, um, going through a season is definitely, um, you know, probably the toughest. Just training every day, um, two games a week is you know really taxing on the body, um, and you know that also when you're when you're you know physically hurt or injured or physically sore that can impair you mentally as well um Mm -hmm. you know like right now for example i am not playing any games i'm red training this season um so i'll get into that in a minute yeah yeah but for example oh i do want to give an example my roommate last year bryce he um he had knee issues and he was out for the entire season um and i think Mm -hmm. that and we, you know, we had deep talks about it. Uh, I think it affected him mentally for sure. Um, but that's that's a whole other thing, being injured. Um, but yeah, it's, it isn't though, right? I mean, because you have you're there, 
because you know your, your love of the game basically right and yeah. you have it taken away from you and yeah like that's why it's so important to make sure that you like the place where you're going not True. just the bubble of soccer right definitely yeah yeah, um, yeah. so so yeah, you get through the season, um, ups and downs, you know, you survive mm-hmm. the season, right? And yeah. uh, um, talk about like just the balancing act of, you know, school and, um, you know, soccer and trying to be having fun as a college student as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's that's the big dilemma going in is how am I going to balance all of that? Um, I think... Um, it's definitely tough. It's a challenge, um, but it's nothing, you know, as long as you're dedicated and, um, you know, you know, like there's certain days that, you know, you wake up and you don't want to go to class, um, for sure, but you just got to push through and just get it done. You know, at the end of the day, you just got to get, get whatever it is done and move on to the next thing. And, um, it definitely, it's definitely stressful, um, having class, having, you know, maybe if there's a test, um, like the day before a game or, you know, on a game day, maybe you have a test in the morning of a game day and then a game later that day. It's, uh, it's all, you know, mentally super, super taxing. And I think um, it is hard to balance, but as hard as it is to do it, I think it's doable. And uh, um, yeah, I just think, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta keep going, you know? Yeah. So did you, do you feel like you had those habits, those like self-discipline habits going into college or do you think that, or maybe they just got kind of honed once you got into college and you probably had some role models and that sort of thing? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think, you know, discipline, discipline's a huge, huge part of college. Um, you know, I think specific, you know, role models that I had were the seniors last year. So Alexander, Diva, those type of guys, Alfredo, who's still on the team now, um, those guys didn't didn't miss a beat with anything. You know, they were at class taking tests, and then at practice the next day, ready to go, or the you know at practice later that day, ready to go, yeah. um, and just giving giving their best every single time to do something. I think, you know, I can take that. Younger guys can take that and learn from it. And I, I definitely did last year, and I still am now. You know, I'm only a sophomore, so I think, um, yeah, I think I think all that's definitely. Uh, a big piece of college and, you know, having fun in college as well. Uh, you know, you can't, you know, I, you know, we definitely had our fair share of fun last year, but, um, you know, you can't, you can't overdo it. I think it's, it's, you gotta keep your priorities straight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you get to the season, um, and, and I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent clear on the timeline here. So do you get like all the way through the semester, you take your finals and, and then things kind of, Went a little off the rail, off off track yeah. there. Yeah. So you know, we finished the season. Uh, season went well. You know, um, took all my finals, did all that, said bye to my friends. I went home for Christmas break. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, had Christmas with my family. It was good. And then, you know, early January is when I, uh, you know, everything started to started to go the other direction. So yeah. So what went down? Tell. Let's get the. You know what you want to share about all that. Sure. Yeah, nah, um, man, it's, it's, it's crazy thinking back on it now. It's been, you know, six, seven months since then. So I think, you know, this is early January, you know, I started, you know, getting like different signs that something was wrong. Um, you know, I went to the doctor and, um, you know, they tested my blood and I had 
no platelets. I had no white blood cells and I had no red blood cells in my body. Like my bone marrow wasn't producing anything. Um, so, you know, it was, uh, yeah, so that was the start. And, you know, I ended up, I ended up getting, you know, helicoptered up to Hopkins. Um, it took them, took them a very long, very, very long time to, you know, figure out what was going on. But, uh, but yeah, that was the beginning. I was just having signs of something was up and yeah, the, the blood tests were not good. So, yeah. So, um, I mean, what was your reaction to that, man? I mean, yeah. So to that, you know, I wasn't because it took about, took a couple of weeks for them to figure out, you know, what was going on. Um, so you, you like from the hospital that you were at in your town, mm-hmm. they're like, all right, this isn't good. Yeah. And we, we need like, you can't even, we don't even want you in a car. Like mm-hmm. they decided that you needed like full-time medical care just to get up to Hopkins, which is what, yeah. I mean, hour, hour and a half maybe from. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. about two hours from where I live, from where yeah. I live. Um, I'm just trying to paint like how serious, like it, it, they were taking it really seriously. Yeah, it was, it was. Cause this is something that it's not common at all. You know, huh. you, your body should be producing these things if right. it's working properly. Right. So I think, um, how I felt about it, you know, for those couple of weeks where, you know, they weren't sure, you know, I was a little bit nervous, but you know, I felt good. I was, you know, it's like, all right, like I'm young, like, you know, I'm a healthy guy. Like I should be, should be all right. You know? Right. Um, and then, you know, when they finally figured out that I had aplastic anemia, um, and they came in and told me I was, it was a shock. You know, I, uh, never in a million years thought that something like that could happen to me, you know? Um, right. so I think, yeah, that's, that's the diagnosis is just the beginning. There's so much that we got to get into. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so like you get that and then, you know, you know, uh, as a parent, I, I was, I would probably be like, like just a mess for, for a minute, you know, like, and then it would be kind of like, all right, what do we got to do to, to get this right? And um, yeah. I'm sure your parents were and your family was, were, were pretty beside themselves for a little bit there. Yeah. No, I remember, um, you know, my dad was with me. My dad was the only family, family member with me. Um, when I got, when they, the doctors came in and told me what I had and, you know, I, I'd never seen him cry before. And, uh, you know, we both just broke down right there and it was, yeah. uh, it was a tough moment, but, you know, I ended up, um, I actually was very lucky, you know, the doctors, what I had wasn't, uh, you know, they were looking for cancer, you know, it was, I was primarily what was in their head because they didn't know what was going on. There's like, you know, could be leukemia, you know, that's what, and they were mentally preparing me for it to be leukemia. Um, so I was very, very lucky that it didn't end up being that. So I think, as hard as it was to, you know, get that, I think, you know, I was, you know, I was also happy and, you know, blessed that I didn't have cancer really, like, you know, right. So, so yeah. Um, what comes next, man? Yeah. So next, you know, um, it's a long, long process to get, to get, you know, the treatment started and everything. Um, so I went home and I just quarantined for like a month or two. Um, you know, I got sick a couple times pretty bad because, you know, I had no immune system. Um, and yeah, that, you know, you know, month and a half or so that I was home was 
it was just good to be home and be surrounded by my family. You know, my grandparents, everybody came up and visited multiple times. So um, just mentally preparing me for, you know, what was ahead was big. And I think that that little break in between my diagnosis and my treatment starting was 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 big and, you know, keeping me going. So, uh, yeah. yeah, one of my favorite pictures was uh, when all the guys came up to see you. That was, that yeah. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. The guys, right before I, uh, you know, was admitted to the hospital, the guys came up and saw me, and that was, uh, that was awesome. So yeah. it, it, meant, it meant a lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, you, why did you have to quarantine? Like, to were you trying to, were they trying to get you stronger to handle the treatment, or how does that, what's the thinking there? Yeah, so, uh, you know, pr- the main reason was just, you know, I had, no immune system i had no white blood cells which fights off infections so you know i actually the, the main reason i was quarantining in my house was just so i could not get sick basically because uh, if i got sick that would delay that would delay everything even more so um so yeah once that gets done you know uh, i get admitted and you know that it's a super long process but they basically tell me you know i'm gonna be going through chemotherapy I'm going to be going through radiation, and then I ultimately had to get a bone marrow transplant, which is what you know saved my life. So, yeah, um, you know, my my entire family, friends, people I haven't talked to in forever were texting me like, "Hey, how can I? How can I be your donor? How can I? Um, how can I get my blood tested to to check if I'm your donor?" Um, and luckily, we found out before that my sister was a perfect match for me, which is amazing. Um, and probably yeah. one of the reasons that you know that I that I'm that I'm back at school and you know back here playing soccer, doing what I love to do. So I think it, yeah, yeah. So my, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, my sister is my donor. Um, we found that out before, and then once Wait, I get admitted, hold on, I gotta I gotta bring in a moment of levity here. So, <laughs> is your sister older or younger? So my sister is a year younger than me. Um, did you she, pick uh, on her, man? When she was, like, did you pick on her at all? No, no. We've all we've always had a good relationship. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, she could have held out a little while, you know, and made you sweat it a little. <laughs> no, no. Was, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. She was, and you know, she was great. You know, as soon as she found out, she was, you know, yeah. when can I, when when can I do this? So all right. So a couple questions. Um, yeah. So you, you start treatment, right? And you're doing chemo and radiation. So like, mm-hmm. how bad was that? Um, you know, I'm, you know, my dad had cancer. I, I, I watched that. It's, he wasn't a 20 year old kid though. So mm-hmm. uh, tell me about that and like what, uh, you know, what you were thinking through all that and, and. You know. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, mentally preparing for it. I, uh, you know, I felt good going into it i was uh you know i was i had a month and a half to you know prep for it and i was you know i was ready for it and i knew i had to go through it to to get better so um yeah going through it i had uh, about a week or so a week or two of chemotherapy every day um and i think early on it wasn't too bad you know i was okay i still felt still felt okay um but as the days got on it just you know just my appetite got less and less and I had no energy. I was, you know, I was losing weight. Um, and then, 
yeah, like there were days I literally would just lay in my bed, my hospital bed all day. I just had no energy. And uh, yeah, so once I got the chemotherapy done, at the end of that, I had a single day of radiation. And that was that was that was the hardest of everything, I think. That was the hardest part. And, you know, I'm lucky I only had one day. You know, there's people out there who have, you know, multiple, multiple, you know, days of radiation, multiple treatments of more chemotherapy, like way more chemotherapy and radiation than I got. So, you know, I just tried to keep it in perspective. Like, you know, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm lucky to be, you know, to be, to be here and, you know, going, going through what I'm going through. And, you know, once I got all that done, you know, it was, it was hard. I felt terrible, but, um, you know, I knew it was done and I could, you know, yeah, get that so, off me. So how long was it like, so you, how long was that treatment, chemo and radiation? It was about two weeks. Um, okay. so that was, you know, the first two weeks I was in the hospital. Um, and so basically like the point of all that was just to clear out my immune system. Um, right. and then th- after the last day of radiation, there was a space where I, you know, I rested and then my sister came up and. I harvested her bone marrow and you know i had i had lines i had a big line coming out of me my bicep my chest i had mm-hmm. know, tubes going into me or whatever and uh it was you know a giant bag of blood um that they hooked up and injected into me and that's ultimately what saved my life so uh, yeah and every day after that i just felt you know better and better and better um still still you know losing weight still not wanting to eat. There were days I wouldn't even drink water because it just made me feel terrible. You know, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to describe really. Cause it's it sounds ridiculous. Like you don't want to drink water. Like, but I couldn't, like I take a sip of water and just, I couldn't even handle it. You know, I'd throw it up or, you know, whatever. So, yeah. So, um, once you started treatment, like, did you go through a phase or phases? I'm sure it was kind of up and down, but like, mm-hmm. where you kind of felt sorry for yourself, or did you like, was your like your mental strength? Like, did you were you able to maintain that the whole time? I mean, your family was there, but like, yeah. When did doubt creep in? When did you like, you know, talk about the roller coaster there of of what you went through? Yeah, no, there was. There was definitely a roller coaster um, throughout it. Um, you know, there were nights where you know I'd have a hard time sleeping, and you know I just I would just hate I would just you know hate being there. I would you know cry at night sometimes, and as as sad as that sounds, it, it uh I needed it. I needed you know those low moments to to, to get the high ones. You know it uh it's it's so it's so much, man. I. You know, it, uh, the roller coaster was every day. You know, I was down, then I was up, down, then up. Um, you know, whatever was going on, and you know, even you know, moments high, like higher or good moments where, you know, when I was talking to my friends or talking to my family, you know, that's they just kept motivating me to get better, and um, and yeah, just just, just keep, I, I, the big thing for me is keeping the end goal in, in the back of your mind at all times. Um, you know, every day I would write, um, even no matter how bad I was feeling at night before I went to bed, I would write in my journal, um, you know, goals, you know, things that motivate me, things I want to do when I get out of the hospital, whatever it was, whether it was, you know, I wanted to go to Top Golf. I wrote that down every day. Um, you know, I wanted to, you know, do whatever, go walk around Baltimore, you know, whatever it was, I, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I wrote it down and just kept that 
kept that in mind in the high and low moments. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stuff's up, Web. Um, so, like, you get through it. And I'm sure, was soccer on your mind at all? Or was it just kind of like... No, it, uh, it was. You know, I was... As you know, I knew it was far. It was that that was a, that was a bigger, further away goal for me. But it was always in the back of my mind, just you know, coming back and being being better than I was before. Um, you know, the, yeah, it, so yeah, soccer, soccer was you know definitely on my mind for sure. Um, cause it's the thing I love doing. You know, it got taken away from me. So, and yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, I just kept those goals in the back of my mind for sure. So I mean, it sounds like those kind of kept you going like yeah uh, yeah no i think the soccer goals primarily were the ones that you know kept me kept me going for sure kept me motivated to, to keep getting through the days and keep pushing so um yeah. and i would write those down too you know i want to be i want to be caa caa all conference i want to be a starter next year i want to be this i want to be that it just whatever it is i just you know i used it as motivation so yeah um talk about your sister man like she stepped up for you. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. You know, it's, I get emotional every time I talk about it, whether it's to her or to my family, but, um, <clears throat> it's, um, what she did was amazing. Um, words can't, words can't describe it. You know, it's, uh, I'm thankful every day, you know, it's, you know, it's a big sacrifice for her to, to do that. And, um, I would do it for her in a heartbeat, you know. Yeah. Um, so, what did that? What was the? What were the effects on her from from making that donation? Yeah. So, physically, you know, it was. Uh, she was. Um, basically, what the day was, they you know just. Uh, it was actually it was actually tough. They take like a big needle, you know, stick it into like her hip bone while she's asleep, and, and harvest bone marrow out of her out of her bone and uh she still has two two big scars in her lower back from it um but you know it wasn't what she went through you know it's uh it was tough definitely for a couple of days there you know she got sick felt bad and um you know eventually after a month couple of weeks a month or so she recovered and you know felt better and was happy that she did it so yeah yeah cool man i uh that's tough stuff. I mean, it is. No, it is. You know, I, I get emotional. Yeah. Just, just, you know, thinking about it. It's, it's, yeah. I'm having a hard time <laughs> you know, keeping talking, but, uh, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good nah, job. It's, nah, what she did was amazing. I don't want to, I don't want to brush by it. It's, yeah. You know, it's not every day, you know, something that special happens yeah. where, you know, you have to make a huge sacrifice for a family member. So, yeah. So, you know, she's probably like, you know, Webb owes me, you know? Yeah, no, every day it's, you know, I donated, I'm the bone marrow donor. I, yeah, every day she's going to hold that over me forever. Yeah. But rightfully so. It's, as she should, man. As, as she, she should. should. As she should. It's anything uh, she wants, you know? <laughs> so, um, so you go through all that and you get discharged at some point, right? Yeah. You go home. Um, what's the, like short-term prognosis you know what's what's the outlook for the rest of your life you know like where 
what are your concerns health wise these days? And, you know, I guess coming out of it and then these days and then in the future. Yeah. So, you know, I was in the hospital for about seven weeks total. Um, I get discharged and I actually, instead of going home, I had to live in like an apartment type thing in Baltimore um, for about a month or two because I had, you know, I had appointments every single day with my doctors and I was able to leave the hospital and have my own space and have my own bed and stuff like that. But I was still very much, you know, focused on my health. And, um, you know, obviously I had, you know, I was, when I got out, I was, I had lost, I had lost so much weight. I was, I think the lowest I, going into it, I was about 170 pounds. And when I left the hospital, I was like 138 was the lowest I got to. So I lost a lot of weight, you know, physically, you know, there was a gym at the place I was staying at. So I was going mm-hmm. down there every day. I was trying to eat as much as I could to gain the weight back um, right. while also simultaneously being super focused on my health. And um, at the time, I was also I also took some online classes, too, to try and keep up for my return to to school. Um, so I wasn't too far behind. Um, so, you know, when I got out, it was just a huge, huge uh, breath of fresh air. And, you know, I can focus on my life again, you know, what I want to do and getting back to getting back to normal so um so when you got back in the gym with your sister's marrow in you i mean obviously you were stronger right like of course your, of course your bench went up like 45 percent, right it did actually <laughs> did yeah it, uh <laughs> nah she uh it's you know it's funny but like yeah it, it makes you it makes you want it more you know the uh yeah. it makes you stronger it makes you more motivated um and yeah, I was I was in the gym every single day, just, and I still am now. You know, um, yep. it's 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 yeah, you just yeah, yeah. So, are there any like uh, long term effects, or you you know the treatment took care of it all? You don't have to worry about it anymore, or like is your immune system good? Like what what's the what's the story with all that? Yeah, so um, I'm still you know at risk. Um, you know, my immune system's getting better every day. Um, and, you know, with every day, you know, my health gets better and, um, I'm almost back to normal, but, um, I am taking like medication and stuff still that suppresses my immune system, like my immune system. So my sister's bone marrow can take over and help Mm -hmm. it out. So, um, you know, I still have to be careful. I still have to be cautious, um, about getting sick and, you know, who I'm around, um, you know, just that type of stuff, just being super, super careful with that. Um, and my one year point, so basically I have to be, you know, super, super careful up until my one year point, which would be March 9th. So from the day I got to my transplant last March, March 9th to this upcoming March is when I, you know, still have to be, still have to be careful and, um, I'm trying to live as normal as I can, but, um, but yeah, still, still have to keep it in the back of my head. So, yeah. Um, so back to school now which is freaking awesome and amazing mm-hmm. and um i'm you know like how does that feel like did you expect to be back i mean march 9th did you expect to be where you are right now uh, honestly no you know i was so many moments of doubt so many you know i always had the goal to be back at school in the fall written down um and you know i, I wanted to believe it and i did but with that being said, there's obviously like doubts and 
Uh, my doctors obviously like had doubts about it too, but um, you know, my, my recovery was pretty fast um, compared to other people. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing to be back, you know, being back with my teammates, being back with my roommate, um, every, everything about it. It's, you know, it's what I, it's what I kept doing. It's what I, you know, it's what I kept pushing every day for to get back to, you know, I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. You know, it's, it's hard to describe, honestly, right. being back. So, I mean, do you, do you feel like a, uh, like a higher appreciation for what you have? And I mean, how, what is, how's it kind of reframed the way you think about just life in general? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I'm more, I'm grateful to be here. Um, you know, that's something, you know, I wake up every day and, you know, I, I thank God every day when I wake up and I think it's, um, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, 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 man. Um, so, you good? Yeah, 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 I'm good. <laughs> Um, you're, you're allowed to have some emotion around this. <laughs> I, I, I would think I would worry about you if you didn't. Um, <laughs> so like, how do you think it's going to equip you to like handle difficult things? You know, you, you've got a lifetime of difficult things coming your way. Um, mm-hmm. you know, how do you think that this is going to, you know, affect the way you handle those things. Yeah, I think, you know, going through what I went through will, uh, will help for sure. You know, it'll, you know, what I, what I went through puts into perspective how hard things can be. And, you know, it, it'll equip me for, you know, what you said, those later things in life that are tough. Um, and, you know, even, even now, you know, difficult things I'm going through every day, whether it's, you know, being in practice, like having a tough practice and you just got to keep pushing uh, or whatever it is that's difficult. I think, going through something difficult helps for something in the future. That's hard as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, yeah, you make a good point. It's, it's, um, I don't want to say it makes things easy, but, um, you know, going through such a hard thing, it's, it, it makes every day even, it makes every day better. You know, I think, uh, I have a more positive outlook now on everything, whatever I'm doing. And, um, it, uh, it, yeah, it, it helps for sure. Yeah. I mean, how do you think that your experience, um, I don't want to ask this, uh, like, how do you think your experience, how are you going to use that to like, do you think that it'll help you become more of a leader, more of an influence on people in your life, you know, not just your teammates, but other people in your life as well? Sure. Yeah. I think, I think it, I think it will. Um, I think, you know, I've always been a naturally more of a quiet guy. You know, I don't like to say a whole lot um, in a group setting, but I think now, you know, I have more confidence and more belief in myself to to say things, to express myself, to to lead a group, to to you know speak speak my mind. So I think, um, yeah, it just it it builds character for sure. Going through hard things, and I think um, it it'll help in the future, and it helps now as well. So yeah. Um. Uh, what was I going to ask? 
Oh, so you read Churton, mm-hmm. um, which means you know you're not going to play any matches this semester or this season. So, how's that affecting you um, being around the team? But you know that like you still have some time before you get to like really go out and compete. Um, how are you handling practices and? Um, you know, what influence are you trying to have on the team right now uh, from your position? Do you uh, hear me? Yeah, sorry, you cut out. I can hear you now. Um, yeah, I just was asking, like, uh, you know, since you're redshirting, what, uh, um, what influence are you trying to have on the team from, from you know, the sidelines, so to speak, yeah. before, you know, how are you going to, how are you going to compete as a red shirt and in, in, in the position that you're in right now? Yeah. Yeah. I think you know, especially being in preseason right now, that's my primary goal is just to be, to be the best teammate I can be, you know, whether it's, um, you know, even though I'm not directly training, I'm not directly participating in games. I think I can, I can still be, um, a good teammate and be a leader on the team and somebody that contributes, um, and, you know, we had a meeting about this the other day um, about, you know, even though like in, in like having an injury or not getting a lot of minutes, maybe um, just being being a good teammate, you know, whether it's if a guy's having a hard day, just going up to him saying, you know, talking to him about it or, um, you know, after every practice, I like to go on and high five every guy and tell him good jobs. So I think um, my main goal right now, even though I'm not, directly, you know, playing or um, directly happening, what directly, you know, acting in a game. Um, I can still be a good teammate and still be, um, still be a guy that contributes in some way. Right. Um, yeah. I think that that's my main goal right now heading into the season for sure. Yeah. So it sounds like you're like developing other skills that yeah. you know, when you combine them back with your, with your athletic ability are going to make you even more potent as a player. Um, yeah, I hope so. That's that's the end goal. You know, I'm still training. I'm still, you know, I train on my own, you know, nearly every day. Um, so, you know, I'm working back, working back to to, to get back in the spring and next fall. Um, but no, you're right. Um, just building character and uh, being a better teammate than I was, being a better person than I was, um, will all compound into being a better player too. So, so I mean, do you, do you feel like you – are you far enough away from it now that like maybe you kind of value the experience that you went through because of, you know, what the lessons it taught you and like the person that you are now coming out of it? Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm, you know it's, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a whole nother person now than I was before. Um, I think just the lessons it taught me, um, yeah, no, it's 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 um, it's 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 interesting how an experience can can change you so much as a person, um, and yeah, I think I think I'm a better person because of it. Um, even though it was hard, even though it was something that nobody wants to go through, you know, nobody wants to hear, you know, a bad diagnosis like that. But now that I'm through it, now that I'm far, you know, six seven months, you know, out of it. Um, it's it's it was a worthwhile experience for me, um, and I learned so much from it. And I think I use I use those things every day. I use those things I learn every single day, um, whether it's you know talking to somebody or um, 
just having interactions with with people and yeah yeah you're right so cool man um yeah what else am i missing anything <sighs> i think we i think we covered it you know <laughs> that was yeah web's like i think that's enough man um, <laughs> no no it's uh... <laughs> Uh, I mean, that was great. I mean, I really, really appreciate you sharing your story. That was, um, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. And I'm, I'm so glad to hear that you've come out of it with, um, the attitude that you have, um, mm -hmm. that's testament to your character and, and all that. So thank you. Yeah, I man. It. I appreciate um, it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Anything else to say, Webb? Um, uh, just thank you for having me on. You know, it's, it's good to, this is the first time I've really, you know, opened up about my story. So it's, uh, it was hard to, hard to remember some things and hard to think about some things again, but, uh, just thank you for having me on. I appreciate, appreciate you, you taking the time to, you know, have me on. So nice. this is my, my privilege. So, um, <laughs> I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Tales from the Trail. Webb's story is truly inspiring and transcends soccer. Help get his story out to others so that it may give someone the encouragement they need if they find themselves in a rough spot. I think there are lessons for all of us in his growth despite the odds being against him and he could have easily felt sorry for himself. I hope that I have Webb's strength if I'm faced with a seemingly insurmountable obstacle. Again, thank you for listening and see you on the trail.